It's an industry that I generally love. I have a passion for. I, I, I eat, sleep. I live for fitness. No, you need to be obsessed. You need to wake up, think about it. You need to go to bed, think about your clients, think about your progress, think about what you can do better. Genuinely, like, just be like patient and take your time. Like that, that is like, you've got to take it all in, in the right steps. You've got to nail what you do in person before you go and like. I don't like to talk about fear. The fears is usually something that makes your worries real. You are listening to The Coaching Ignited Show, where we bring you stories and insights from coaches, fitness professionals, and industry experts to help you expand your business and reach your goals. If you're a new listener, thanks for joining us. My name is Alex Povey. You can subscribe to the podcast on all your favorite apps, including Spotify and iTunes. The Coaching Ignited movement is on a mission to help coaches and personal trainers increase their sales and reach their full potential. If you wanted to find out more, please head over to coachingignited.com. And if you wanted to connect with us on social media, all the details can be found in the show notes. Now let's get into today's show. So on today's episode of the podcast, we have got Dan Poulter. And Dan is an online personal training coach. And we had a great chat on Sunday and we dived into some really good topics that are going to help you scale up your business and really just grow and make more income and impact And we touch on social media strategy and how to build authority in your market, in your niche and with your audience to make more sales and do more business. And why it's important to just be consistent in what you do and play for the longer term and really be consistent to building a sustainable long-term business. And how we've personally used mentors ourselves to create more money and impact and build better products and why you need to let people test drive your products to help gain commitment and make more sales. And at the end, we also touch on why coaches sometimes need coaches too to really take things to the next level. So a great content pack show for you. Can't wait for you to get into this one. As always, let me know your thoughts. Sit back, relax, enjoy the show, and I'll see you on the other side. We are now live. So I just want to say thank you for being here. really appreciate you taking the time to do this, Dan. My pleasure. Yeah, thank you for inviting me. I've, I've been listening to the podcast over the past week off the back of us having a conversation. And um, yeah, it's great to be part of it. So thank you for the invitation to be on your podcast. So why don't we start by talking about um, where, you all st- where you started in fitness? How did you get into the industry? And then just give us a little backstory about what you've been doing and where you're up to now. So I've been working as a coach for the past 11 years now. And it feels a bit crazy saying that because I'm almost 29. I started when I was 18. So I got started pretty young in this day and age to kind of get into it. Um, I was just working in like a council run gym, just doing personal training there. Not really delivering that many sessions until maybe about sort of 20 and then when I realized sort of the potential I had for personal training and picking up clients and, um, you know, helping people, I quickly moved over to a local self-employed gym. So one of the David Lloyd gyms, so it's David Lloyd in Kingston upon Thames, and they have a self-employed model. And as soon as I started there, January of 2010, pretty much smashed it that first January and got a buzz and a feeling for what I could do and the potential I had from working there. I've been there ever since. I've been working there almost nine years now. So that's how I started out, just going from a council-run gym to a self-employed model, which I'm now running both physical PT and online coaching. 
Nice. So, like you, you started this gym, um, yeah. PTing for the first time. What was it like those first couple of months for you? What were some of the things that you did? What were some of the things you experienced? Maybe the good, maybe the bad. Um, yeah, it'd be good to get your kind of story of how it started and what those first couple of months were like for you. I think I just quickly realized the, the simple formula of you, you speak to more people and you, and you deliver more taster sessions, the more clients you get. And I found it, and I, I know that seems obvious, but really, it really is that simple for me. And, and any mentoring or coaching I do with, um, you know, my own trainers, that I help just, just like what you're doing with, with the industry. I do often say it is that simple, speak to more people. Even it could just be as simple as complimenting someone on their new trainers from holding open the door and then saying thank you and then sparking up a conversation about the weather and somehow leading back to their training and then in turn getting them booked in for a session. I just found that, you know, I was speaking to a lot of people and it was only when I finished the conversation with some sort of action and some sort of booking in mind that then I would get them booked in for a taster session and, and take it one step further and obviously hopefully convert them into a client. So I think in the beginning for me, it was just, you know, I was having all these great conversations and they weren't really ending with anything. And then once I started finding that if I ended it with, uh, okay, this has been great, let's get you booked in for this day at this time, things started to change for me. And that's when the shift changed from just having all these great conversations to actually creating leads out of that because I didn't realize they were leads at the time, which I now you know, completely understand that everyone you speak to is a potential client. Um, did I actually start to convert those into paying clients? And then that just kind of got into a cycle of speaking to more people, more tasters, more clients, and and, and so on. So that's yeah, how well, yeah, what you said there was crucial um, about having an objective, right? Not just speaking to people for the sake of speaking to people. Yeah. There was an objective in mind. You were trying to get them into a taster session. Yeah. And uh, that's really the trick. It's not overly complicated, is it? You just speak to people with an objective in mind, to get them booked into a taster session, which is effectively your sales process, so yeah. that you can show them what you can do, position the value, and yeah. then hopefully convert that person into a paying customer. Did, like starting out in the industry, like where did you pick that up from? How did you have that skill set? Because not everyone has that. Not everyone um, finds it easy to spark a conversation with an objective of getting them into a taster session and then taking them through a process to convert them. Did you learn that from somewhere? Did you bring skills from another industry? Like, um, yeah, explain a little bit more about that, that approach that you use. It's actually quite funny that, and I, I don't often hear people refer to their, their mum as being a, a mentor or some form of inspiration, but I've always told, told everyone that my mum and, and her grandma also had this, this saying and a, a phrase that we all know is, if you don't ask, you don't get. And when I was younger, right as, as young as I can remember if we went into a shop and she needed something she'd be like all right Dan you go up and ask the lady I want whatever a pot of paint and at first obviously you know it was quite nerve-wracking even as a little kid but I remember just being that kid that would go and ask these questions so I then obviously always carried that with me or, or subconsciously in the back of my head that if you don't ask you don't get right so if I don't ask someone for um if they want to book in for a, a session I'm, I'm never going to be able to get them into a session, right? So if you don't ask the question, it's not going to happen. So that always stuck with me. And I started to realize that if you flip it and actually see it, that if you don't ask them if they want to do personal training, you're actually doing them a disservice by not offering them such an amazing source of help. You know, I can change your life. 
you know, like, do you see where I'm coming from? And I think people don't realize that. 100%, 100%, 100%. That's exactly what I say to all my personal trainers and my clients is, yeah. like, if you've got a product and you've got a service and you can get some results, you're effectively yeah. doing them a disservice by not letting them know that you've got availability or that you can help them, right? You're literally doing them a disservice. You're letting these people down. And it's all about perspective, I think, when it comes to building any form of business, right? You've got to see the upside versus the downside. And going back to your mum, she very wise woman. She said, you don't ask, you don't get, right? And that's that's the thing. You've just got to put yourself out there. You've got to ask. You've got to put yourself on the line and not worry about the response because you're going to get the no's. They're going to come. But also within those no's, you're going to get the yeses. But there always needs to be an opposite to the positive that you're going to get. So to get a no, you're going to get a yes eventually, just like this hot and cold, black and white, up and down, day and night. Like People need to appreciate that if you're going to get yeses, you're going to get no's as well, but that's just part of the process, right? A hundred percent. And it's, I also use the example of you wouldn't go to test drive a new car and not expect the salesperson at the end of it or at any part of the journey to say, would you be interested in buying this car? <laughs> and I'd have no issue with him saying that, right? Because I've walked into a car dealership in the same way that someone's walked into the gym. There's quite clearly fitness professionals that work in gyms. Everyone knows that at some point, they're more than likely to have a conversation with one of those trainers if the gym's any good or the trainers are any good. And you shouldn't feel ashamed in asking. I think sometimes I speak to other trainers, they feel embarrassed, they feel guilty. They feel like they're trying to like, sell them some insurance that they don't really need it's, it's it's not like that you're trying to help someone change their life you're actually adding years onto their life by improving their health and fitness and you feel bad about that and they have to pay for that that's just how life works you have to pay for these things so if you're trying to help someone improve their life so what if there's a small price to pay in that and you shouldn't feel bad in asking so i luckily i didn't really have that i've never felt bad about it so but i do think there are some fitness professionals out there that do struggle with that barrier of feeling like oh i didn't want to I didn't want to come across too salesy. I'm sure you hear that all the time, right? You don't want to come across like a salesperson. Well, why is that such a bad thing? What's wrong with selling? You're trying to help people. At least you're, you're selling them a product that is actually going to work because it's been proven time and time again. And if you're any good at what you do and you've got testimonials and transformations to back it up, you should never feel guilty again about trying to sell someone personal training. So that, that's, that's where I was at. And luckily I've carried that through and I try and obviously, uh, pass that on to the people that I mentor and help myself and obviously from listening to the advice you give and what other people are giving to you and we're all learning together yeah there's definitely no guilt involved in trying to sell someone um, a way of improving their, their life so I don't feel bad about that I don't think anyone should no you're, you're totally right and it, it does come up a lot in terms of people feel like you said they're selling and the only yeah. the only time you're going to feel like you're selling is if you don't believe in what you're selling because it, yeah, it shouldn't yeah, feel like selling if you believe in what you do, right? Like, yeah, hundred percent. That's what it comes. You're not gonna feel bad when you go to a, I don't know, a, a, a chemist or some form of treatment. No, you, no matter how big you you take it, how how important it is, and if someone has to pay a big price for it, but it, it could save someone's life, that there's no there's there's nothing no guilt there, is there? So it's it's if you believe in that this is actually going to help someone. And you have that belief in the, the the service that you provide is that good? Yeah, there, there shouldn't be any guilt involved. So you're you're spot on with that point. I think like um, if you struggle with 
believing in the product, you've got to build your belief. So you've got to look at your case studies. You've got to look at your testimonials. You've got to look at your transformations. And if you're just starting out and you've not got them, you need to build them and build them as quickly as you can. But also upskill yourself as well in the product delivery. And just, um, I like to call it Kaizen, where you constantly are learning something new and just adding to that skill set. So internally, you feel more valuable. And once you feel more valuable, then it feels less like you're selling something because you want them to have a complete win when they buy your product. So you want to get your product to a point where if they buy it, you're thinking, fuck, they won when they just bought that. They're going to, they're going to get their 30 quid, their 40 quid's worth of that hour because the skill set and the knowledge that I can uh, transfer to them is very, very powerful and it's going to get them results. What are some of the things that you do to upskill yourself? Like you've been a trainer for 11 years. Um, what have you been doing over the course of over a decade to constantly improve your knowledge, to constantly upskill and level up and make sure that you've got a wicked product? I think that it was underestimating in the beginning the business development and personal development knowledge that I needed to grow as a trainer. So I would go on fitness courses all the time. I, you name it, I've done it. And I've read read all the books and watched hours of YouTube on learning different techniques. And of course, of course, that is massively important to becoming a, a successful personal trainer and, and the knowledge and credibility you have and, and being able to answer the, the difficult questions that people ask. But if you underestimate the personal development side of things and the, the business development side of things, that it doesn't matter how good you are as a trainer. If, you, if you're not getting in front of the right amount of people and you don't have a, the right product to, to, to serve them and help them over the end of it, it's all kind of it's all kind of a waste of time, and again, it comes back to that disservice. You can't help as many people as you 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 have the knowledge that would be able to. So that's where I found that over the years of going into reading more books on, on like I said, personal development, um, taking up um, mentorship. I did some mentorship with Mark Poles last year and worked with him over a six month period, and that was great. And just leveling up in terms of my business and personal development skills. That's what's really helped me grow, and I think that anyone that is looking to improve their their skills as a business person really needs to be willing to invest some time and money into that if they do want to take this to sort of the next level with their coaching why don't we talk about the impact then that it's had on your life because i see a lot of people not prepared to make those investments right their investments of either time and money and people don't always see like the roi on it or they they can't see the true benefit until they've done it. But why don't you like explain, like you've done loads of things. What has been the knock-on effect? What has been the impact to your life, your income, your business, um, even your happiness from doing these type of things? Because I think that's really important for people to understand. I think that it was when somebody was making it clear to me uh, before when I was, I was looking at initially taking up some form of mentorship and again, you know, you get, you get given a price on something. And and initially, as always, you're, you're trying to base that price on some sort of logical reason as to why you should or shouldn't purchase something. It was more sort of like the, uh, the emotional uh, benefits I knew I was going to get from actually going a bit deeper into myself. I'd never sat down and asked myself what my purpose and my why was and why, why I love serving and helping people and why I love, you know, being part of this industry. And, I think I quickly realized that the more money I invested in my own personal development, well, not only did I instantly see a return on that, 
I started to understand this shift and maybe the same sort of issues that our personal training clients have before signing up with us is the amount that you can get back from how much you put in. So if you're willing to put more and invest more into your own personal development, you will get more out of it. And I quickly saw that back with even just maybe a month into being part of a mentorship program I did. Um, you know, seeing my sales increase, my productivity would increase, and more importantly, my happiness went up. I was generally just a happier, nicer person. And, and the happier and uh, nicer I was to people, well, no shit, what happened? I got more clients and my business grew. And it's just kind of this snowball effect. So I think um, for me, yeah, it's just understanding that I can't do it on my own. Uh, and, you know, you do get personal training can be quite lonely at times, which sounds a bit crazy considering how many people we interact with. But at the end of the day, when you shut the door, you put your head on the pillow and it's just you thinking about your business, nobody's really asking you whether your sales are going up or whether you're serving more clients or where you want to take your business in the next five years. So I just found by having mentorship and being willing to invest into having mentorship, um, it, has, it has allowed me and continues to allow me to grow, not only as a business person, but as a person. Yeah, love that because um, it's kind of like a mirror of what I've experienced. Like um, I'm a big advocate of spending money to get answers because I know the power in it and I know it can save so much time and pain and frustration. And just like everyone else to begin with, um, I was frugal with investing because a lot of people just want to protect their money and just go rather than invest it and risk it and make more, I'll just protect what I've got. But that's kind of like a scarcity mindset. And if you do that, you can never really grow to the potential that is possible because there's certain people out there that just have the answers that you're looking for and you can access them very quickly if you're prepared to, uh, prepared to pay for them, right? And that was one of the big things I did last year. Like the, probably the biggest thing I did was invest in someone higher level to help me with my business and having the humility to go, actually, I don't know how all the answers and I'm never going to have the answers because no matter how clever or intelligent you think you are, you just don't have the time to learn everything on your own. So why try and figure everything out and waste all this time and pain and energy when you can literally just go to someone and go, there you go, there's the blueprint. Because they've done it, they've been there, they've, they've, they've been through the pain that you're probably going to go through, they've figured it out and then they've turned it into a solution that you can buy. I think for me it was like, um, well, if I can help people build their businesses by two, three, four, five X in terms of income and, and potential, then surely someone else can do that for me. And I was just listening to a podcast, uh, no, sorry, uh, a YouTube a minute ago with Jason Capital. And uh, he's a very, very successful guy. Have you, have you heard of him? No, I haven't. But I'll definitely be searching him straight after we get off this conversation. Yeah, so this guy, Jason Capital, um, super, super successful. He's done like 40 million in sales, like top, wow. top, top level, right? Um, wicked at internet marketing. But on the YouTube video, he said, I've got four coaches right now. I'm like, okay, makes sense. The higher yeah. you get up, the more you're going to invest in coaches because you're basically just building a war machine around you. That's all it yeah. is. You're just stacking bigger and bigger people into your ecosystem that are going to help you and open up more possibilities. And I think like the more money you can make, the more you can then invest in yourself and scale up and get access to high level coaches to help you build your business. Just like any pro athlete, they all have coaches. Look at Tiger Woods. Yeah. He has a coach. Yeah. 
even Warren Buffett has a coach. Like everyone's got a mentor, a coach. Um, and I think this is so important for people to realize, right? I don't think people realize that everything that, you know, good has happened to them so far in their life has come from a mentor. And that can be as right down, you know, right from your, your parents to your, to your best friend, to that teacher that you remember from, from high school or um, one of our, you know, I have a lot of mentors, even in my own client base, you know, with my, I train, funnily enough, I train one of my teachers who used to teach me at school and he just happens to be at the gym I'm at and I've trained him for the past eight years and the amount of mentorship he's given me over that time. And you kind of underestimate that and you think, well, if I can get that from him, just from conversations we're having in between our sets during a session, if I was to pay someone that's been there and done what I want to do and, and, and learn to act as if I was that already that person, that position I want to be in, in say five, 10 years time, you know, it was just, uh, you know, one of those light bulb moments, I realized that that was when I really needed to look into that mentorship on a, a more serious le level, you know, having someone you check in with report to on a, on a weekly or monthly basis. And I've got to practice what I preach, right? I, I preach all the time about coaching, accountability, accountability, accountability. Well, who was holding me accountable or who, who's holding you accountable? So, um, yeah, it's people understanding that, especially as PTs, we should know more than anyone how important accountability is in terms of actually taking action or who's holding you accountable of your business. It's either growing or dying, right? So if you want it to grow, you need someone holding you accountable. Otherwise, you're not going to take action. And if you don't take action, it will die. So I just thought, yeah, it's definitely something I had to look into. And I, I would suggest and recommend to anyone that isn't currently working with a mentor on a more serious basis, that would be the, the next step to take in their career. And continue to obviously upskill with, know fitness-based knowledge of course that but that should just be like a given i think that this isn't something that's really talked about much in the fitness industry but luckily thanks to people like yourself and other mentors out there it's actually starting to really take off and, and people are starting to take on to this uh, this mentorship and what it can give you why don't we uh, talk about um the thing you mentioned to me uh off record about the mastermind that you've created i think that's super interesting and it kind of follows the same theme of what we're talking about and um, maybe just explain a little bit about what you've created and what the sort of goal for that um, group of people is. So yeah, so I've, um, as we spoke about before off record, I've got um, a group of trainers that I'm, I'm working with at least over the next six months uh, that we're going to meet with no, we're going to meet together, sorry, in person, no less than once a month. And the beauty of that is that we're presenting every time we meet. So when we physically meet up in person, at the, before we even start, everyone has to stand up and talk about the three things they've accomplished that month. Well, the, the accountability is that on the previous month, everyone has, has written down what they're going to set out to achieve over the next month. And I've got that on record. So I'm following up with them and I know what it is they should have achieved or what they at least set out to achieve over that month. So, and they know that I know, and because they know that I know, there's that accountability and they, you know, that, that positive peer pressure that's actually forcing them to take action. So on a monthly basis, everyone talks about what they've achieved or haven't and, and if they haven't and why. And then as a group, we support each other and try and help each other grow by suggesting ideas as to where they may have gone wrong or where they could go right over the next month. But I put this together because I realized there definitely was a lack of accountability amongst trainers, especially in gyms where it can be quite competitive or at least a, a perception of it being competitive but the sooner you start to work together 
and come together, all sharing the same um, wants and needs for your businesses and your own personal development, you can actually achieve so much more as part of a team, whether that's a team of two, you and your mentor, or if that's a, a group, you as part of a mastermind, um, you can achieve so much more than trying to maybe be too competitive or, or think you need to be competitive. There's enough clients to go around. There's 7 billion people in this world. You're not going to struggle to get as many clients as you need. So um, yeah, that's what we've been doing on a monthly basis. And it's so far, it's going really well. And I've got a lot of high hopes for these guys. And it's also, it's causing me to have to up, you know, up my game as well, which is great. So every, everyone's sort of winning from it. So, so far, it's going really well. It just sounds like uh, a hugely um, sort of engineered accountability model because that's kind of what it is, isn't it? Like even for everyone, yeah. even for yourself, because you're having yeah. to upskill to make sure you maintain that one credibility of leading the group. And you probably want to show up because you don't want to disappoint everyone else. And everyone's probably going to feel like that in the group, right? It's that accountability factor. And I think people overlook the power of it. Even yeah. though you're not getting any new knowledge within an accountability partnership, you're getting the accountability to do the shit you know you need to do anyway. You're just not doing it most of the time. Yeah. And there's definitely this the element of, I'm sure there's a, a name for this, but I always remember um, learning about this uh, plus, minus and equals level of spending time with people so having people that you spend time with they're on a an equal level to you so whether that's you know, the fellow trainers around you in your gym people on a plus level to you so that will be spending time with you know mentors or people that have been there and done what you want to achieve and also and not in a patronizing and arrogant way but people that are on a people that you can teach on to so i say a minus level i never want to say that anyone's below you but you know people that you can teach to so when you teach your clients and if you're ever feeling like you're off balance and something isn't right and something isn't sitting right with you either in your business or just in your day-to-day -day life it might just be that you're spending too much time or not enough time with those three different types of groups around you does that make sense yeah yeah makes perfect sense okay, cool. so let's switch it up a little bit and let's dive into social because you've got what i'd consider a very active and engaged audience um how many followers have you built yeah. up to now so I've sitting around 18,500. The goal is obviously to get up to 20K over the next couple of months. Um, so, you know, collaborations and things like, you know, what we're doing now should, should help with that. And I just see it as I'm, I'm not really fussed about the number as long as it's going up. Because like I said, I'm all about growing in, in everything I do. Um, it's more just that I know that the bigger the number is, the more people I can help. And I, you know, my goal is to help as many people as I can. So I at least know if it's going up one, I must be doing something right too. It's growing at three. I can help more people. That's, mm. that's my goal for the, the account. So in terms of the, the account, how did you get like grow it? What was the process behind it? How long did it take? What is the, the strategy? Cause you don't just acquire those followers just by sitting there and just posting randomly all day. There has to be a yeah. system. There has to be a process. Um, certain things that you do on a consistent basis that you've split tested that no work in order yeah. to achieve those results, right, and keep growing. So maybe can we touch on some of those points? Can we dive into some of the stuff that you've been doing? So anyone that's listening to this that wants to grow their social media account that isn't prepared to post at least one post per day or at least an average of seven posts per week, might as well sack it off, okay? If you're telling me you struggle to think of at least one conversation you've had with one person throughout the day that couldn't then be converted into a post, then you must be sitting in a room on your own because I don't know about you, but 
I get DMs all the time asking me questions about fitness or business or mindset, you name it. And, and, and it's often a really good conversation. And that's what I use to spark my mind into thinking of what I can post about on any given day. Mm. So if any trainers are listening to this, and I just gave this advice on Friday to my mastermind group, is if you're struggling for content, just think of one question that you were asked today, just one by your client, whether it's, I'm struggling to eat my protein, um, are there any supplements you would advise? Boom, there's your, one, there's your post for today. And make that your post for today. So just take from conversations you're having, because if you're answering the question for them and you're answering it correctly and they're happy with the answer, there's probably a hundred, a thousand, a million people that have that same question that needs answering. So that's how I've created content over the years of just trying to help people by providing a solution to a problem like you would with any, any successful product. And um, so posting once a day, the stories are massive. And Alex, you're great with these as well. Obviously, just jumping on and, and being willing to speak face to face to the camera. I think that's massive. That's really helped as well. And I think when the stories got introduced and I got onto the doing face to face stories, um, that's when my account really grew. And I think I saw the biggest growing following over that period of time. So do you have like a schedule when it comes to posting on the feed and then posting um, in the story? Or has it become just habit and you just do it on autopilot? The story, I will never let it die. And what I mean by that is in any 24-hour period, it, it will always be pink around the side. Does that make sense? So it will always, it, there will always be at least one. And I've made that commitment from, and I think my story has literally been alive since the stories were introduced back. So in any 24-hour period, whether I'm hungover, tired, sick, on holiday, you name it, I will always be posting something on my story. I made a, a conscious... Uh, commitment and habit to do a daily face-to-face -face story to so talk about something or cover something on a daily basis and I think I've been doing that now for the past two years or so almost every day and again whether that's Christmas day my birthday I'm ill sick hungover you name it I, I show up and turn up and that that's kind of a habit I've got into but why is because not only obviously it's great that I'm helping people that's where I get the most engagement so I'd be a fool not to do more of that so if it's working and, and anyone that's trying to grow their social media account, listen to this, look back at posts that get the most engagement, look at your stories, where do you get the most direct messages and just do more of that. It's really that simple. Hence why there's accounts out there that you go onto and it's all just the same stuff. Like their feed, every post is an infographic. Well, why do you think it's an infographic? They probably got a loads of engagement in the beginning. They continue to do that and it worked. And if it ain't broke, don't fix it. So just do more of that. So if you're trying to grow your social media, more of a habit, just get into the habit of doing more of what you see the most engagement on. That's what's worked well for me. Do you do, um, do, you do Instagram Lives? I, I, I'm really guilty. I don't. And even though I know that I should, I don't. And that's definitely something I um, I'm sort of should and would. I will. You know, I will do more Instagram Lives this year. Everyone heard that commitment. Everyone heard that yes. commitment there. You said it yeah. on the podcast. I know, yeah. Um, I don't, but they are great. And the reason why they're great, and uh, I know they're great, is because they, you still get the notification to say that someone's gone live, whereas you don't get that same notification for um, someone adding something to their story. So if you want to you know, get um, your face up on someone's phone and they already follow you, then it's great. So going live is a great way of engaging with people. All I would say is, and I don't know about you, Alex, if you found this, is the best lives I've ever done were when I advertised going live 
um, earlier on either in the day or in the week. So going live at random, you're going to really struggle to get people and catch people at the right time that's good for them. But I did some polls. I'd ask people when's the best time, when's the best day. I went live on that day and that time. And my numbers were so much higher than they were on any other live I'd done. So that's a bit of advice. So from the, the little bit of live videos I've done, definitely advertise it. Don't just go live at random, in my opinion. Yeah, that's to get the, definitely get the live audience. Um, but yeah. also it's going to be available for 24 hours and that's probably where you're going to yeah. get the bulk. So if you've got, exactly. yeah. you're probably going to get about 10% of your followers over to the live. That's pretty much the ratio. Pr pretty similar yeah. with the story, you'd say. So in terms of, your followers, you're probably going to get about 10% of those watching yeah. your stories, right? That's pretty much the ratio when it comes to, to Instagram. Yeah. So are you, yeah. uh, when it goes back to the stories, the feeds, and like generating leads, right? Because we're not doing this for fun. We're doing this to yeah. build an audience, to build yeah. customers, to help people, to make impact, to make money, right? So yeah. when it comes to like calls to action and generating leads, what are some of the tips, the tricks, the hacks that you use to help generate that business, to help get the clients? So anyone and everyone's goal really should be to get to a 10K following. Um, why? Because you are able to get the swipe up feature. <clears throat> and obviously I'm, I'm suggesting you do this organically. And, and if it takes time, then so be it. But the, the beauty is once you get to the 10K following is you have the swipe up feature. So the calls to action are a lot more slick rather than sending someone to your bio to go click your link and they might end up elsewhere, they can quite simply swipe up on your uh, story. So that was a, you know, that was a great tool when I got to that point. But until that point, I would always make sure that I had some form of call to action in any comment that I would do or any um, frame on a story, whether that's click the link in my bio or go here or do this. You've got to tell these guys what to do, right? Otherwise they're not going to do it because they're already sitting there scrolling through their phone hundreds thousands how many pictures a day they're looking at and if you don't tell them to go and do something they're not going to take action so i think a, a, a good hack would be to in your comments have a call to action that sends them to your bio and make sure you have a link that they can click on in your bio um that's worked really well so i would finish a post about fat loss about saying if you need help on a one-to-one -one basis click the link in my bio I'd tag my own Instagram in the comment section so they can literally click on that tag and they go to my bio and then the, the, the link above my, um, sorry, the text above my link would be a clear call to action saying, click here to start your journey. And that, that's worked really well. I can actually see the click through rates really good on that every time I have that in one of my comments or on my stories. So that's worked really well. So just, yeah, there has to be a call to action and try and tie that in with the, the nature of the post. So if the post is about fat loss, don't try and sell them your muscle building plan at the end of the comment section. Does that make sense? Yeah, so you need that consistency in the post, yeah. and then a yeah. clear call to action, and then when you're yeah. sending them to a, a page or a link or your bio, that needs to be clear as well. It needs to be clarity, simplicity. I think people need yeah. to appreciate that Generally, people are on social media to escape and they're not in yeah. that deep, deep thought. So you just got to make the sequence or the process very easy to follow in order to yeah. get the result that you're looking for, which is action, um, yeah. then to submit their details or for them to make some kind of purchase or commitment, right? Yeah. I think it's, it's, it's also, again, coming back to uh, just making sure you don't feel guilty in doing that. 
there, there's no harm in, in, in chucking that in at the end of a comment if you spent 10, 15, 20 minutes writing out a detailed comment on, on a, a great bit of advice to help someone. There's nothing wrong in, in you then trying to send them somewhere at the end of it because it, ultimately it's their choice if they want to go click and have a look, right? You're not forcing them to do anything they don't want to do. Um, so, yeah, that's worked really well. The stories, obviously, be consistent with those. Um, make sure to, obviously, when you upload a post on your feed, make sure to also let people know in your story that you've uploaded so you send people from your story back to your feed and vice versa. Um, that's a great way of sort of cross-pollinating your, your own um, following even within Instagram. So whereas before I used to send people from Facebook to Instagram and vice versa, I now actually try and send people from my feed to my story and vice versa. Because you'll actually find there's certain followers that probably just watch your stories and don't care about your feed. And there's probably some of your followers that do the opposite. So you're trying to constantly send those guys across. That's, that, that's worked quite well doing that. That's a good insight. That is very good. Really like that one. Really like that one. So in terms of um, personal trainers now, um, offline, online, no matter what they're doing, there's going to be certain bits of information or advice or strategies that everyone can apply to help them build their business in 2019. If you were to pick some of those, maybe it's one key thing that you would be doing this year in order to get more clients, make more income, make more impact, what would it be? I think that if you don't have a some form of entry level free thing to give away, other than just you know posting for free on Instagram, whether it's a free download, uh, download or a free service, or trying to drive someone to jump on a call, or get just some form of bringing them into your world, into your sales funnel, you're really going to struggle. And um, there's so many people out there now doing online coaching and personal training. It's it's swamped, you know, and it, there's only going to be more and more and more. So if you want to stand out and you, you need to be willing to give something away for free that is so good that you actually feel like you should be charging the money for it. You know, I've downloaded free documents or free video series before where the videos are an hour long and you get 10 of them and it just seems crazy that you're getting all this information for free, but it doesn't stop me paying and signing up with them at the end of it. So just not being afraid to give something away for free. And that's where you can really capitalize on using your, your one and only link in uh, your, your bio to have a free download or a free giveaway. So whether that's a free 30-day fat loss challenge or it's a free call for a Skype call or phone call, you need something that gets people into your world for free. And then that's what sort of gets them into your sales funnel. And then hopefully at the end of it, you've got a, a product or service to sell them uh, that keeps them sort of staying with you and becoming actually a paying client off the back of it. So I think, yeah, in 2019, that's something I'm getting all of my guys and my mastermind to start thinking about, working on, starting to niche down a little bit and have a free giveaway um, that they have so that any conversation they have that doesn't end in a sale, they can at least give, them, uh, give someone something away for free that they can take away that continues to keep them in their world until the time comes that they do want to pay to work with them. Yeah, that's a great point, um, Dan. It's all about giving that value, isn't it? And um, building up that trust, but then keeping yep. them in the ecosystem. So when they are ready to buy and they do feel yep. comfortable, then you're going to be top of mind. You're going to be in their heads, right? And then they're going to buy your product. They're going to buy your service or maybe they don't, but maybe they refer someone. But it's just about giving that yep. value 
and really just trying to keep people in your ecosystem. So um, I really love that one. So I know you've got to jump to an appointment at 12.30, so let's wrap things up. If people want to find you, uh, find you on Instagram or any of your platforms, any of your products or anything, uh, where should they go? Where should they find you? So the best place to find me on socials is uh, on Instagram, and that's at MuscleFitnessUK, and that's obviously all one word, as you know. And um, all my website, you can go on my website, is uh, www.MuscleFitnessUKAgain.com, and you can find me on either of those platforms. But Instagram's my, my main platform where I run everything, so head over there if you want to find out more about what I do. Wicked. Wicked. Thank you so much for jumping on and doing this, buddy. Right, really you. appreciate it. I mean, buddy. that should be jam-packed full of really good stuff that people can take away and learn from. I'm, I'm really pleased with like the content, and I think there's some awesome strategies there for people. Um, it's just about taking action now and moving forward yeah, yeah. and just smashing it through 2019, right? Yeah, no, definitely. I, I think um, people will realize that in 2019 you know if you're not willing to become more than just a personal trainer and, and start to invest in online marketing start to invest in you know mentorship like we said personal development aren't willing to read more books that aren't just around muscle building or fat loss you you really will get left behind because it is you know you have to be a, a full-blown entrepreneur that's willing to invest time and money into every aspect of business not just into more and more fitness knowledge or just um, just time on the gym floor. There's so much more to be done. And social media is a massive part of that. And I'm lucky enough that I kind of got, a, got on it at the right time, but there's still so much more that can be done. So I think that, um, yeah, I think, uh, I hope that people really benefit from, from that conversation. Awesome, dude. All right, you enjoy the rest of your Sunday, whatever you've got planned, and I'll speak to you soon. Thanks, buddy. All right, take care, buddy. Bye. Thanks for tuning into the show. I hope you enjoyed it, guys. If you did, head over to your favorite app and leave us a short review. I'd really appreciate that. And if you wanted to learn more about our products and services, head over to coachingignited.com. And if you wanted an awesome website built for your coaching business, head over to our partner company, sevectormedia.com. That's all from me. See you soon.